This is the Thursday Night Podcast, your source for news, analysis, and all things Georgia State sports. Because every day is Thursday. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Thursday Night Podcast. My name is Taylor and I'm joined today by my co-hosts Jordan and Brady. Today we're going to be breaking down some baseball news. Georgia State just hired a new baseball head coach and we kind of have a smorgasbord of other news around the Georgia State athletics community. So without further ado, let's jump right into it. Brad Stromdahl hired from Georgia Gwinnett College as Georgia State's new head baseball coach. What do we think, gentlemen? Well, let's get the bad, the question marks out of the way. I mean, the reality is with the program that it's the f- quite to snuff with what the rest of the league is and what they want to be. And the Sun Belt isn't an easy quote unquote conference goes. But with that said, Coach Stromdahl is a former assistant here under Coach Frady. So he knows the program. He knows the realities of what's up. And he knows the Atlanta suburbs because he was the coach at Georgia Connect College and he coached in them before. As far as what we could hope for out of this hire, I think this is a home run. I agree. I mean, so Brad Stromdahl left the program to go start basically from scratch the baseball team at Georgia Gwinnett College, and they have been a force uh, in their division. Uh, He's got a winning record of 238 and 104, good for like a 75, basically 75% win rate. Like he's got the blue, you know, on paper has what we're looking for. Um, because Georgia State baseball is kind of in a weird place right now. I mean, we just had a very, very down year um, that saw us letting go of Coach Frady. Um, so the program is looking for kind of a new spark to move in a new direction. I think that this hire was a slam dunk for Charlie Cobb and the athletics department, getting somebody who knows the area, who has connections with the program and has the resume to be able to take Georgia State baseball to the next level. Yeah, because we're not doing a hard reset or anything. So it's not nothing like him literally starting from nothing at GGC. But it is kind of a crossroads. And so in that regard, having someone who's built a program very recently to much success, that's a good thing. And winning is winning. The program he was at at Georgia Gwinnett definitely wasn't the size of what Georgia State will be and possibly could be in the future. But I think you take the winning degree wherever it was over picking a guy who maybe has been around bigger programs, but not necessarily been the head guy or what have you. And really, it's just going to be interesting to see what happens. But by all things we can see right now, it's a decent hire. Yeah. And he also earned the Association of Independent Institutions, the AII Coach of the Year Award, five of his seven seasons at Georgia Gwinnett College. And I mean, I don't necessarily think that somebody sleepwalks into five coach of the year in their league awards. You know what I mean? Like guy's got a winning track record. He's shown that he's able to build a program from scratch. And like Brady said, that he's coming into a situation in which we're not necessarily starting from scratch because obviously we have the infrastructure, the program is established, but Georgia State is at a bit of a crossroads when it comes to its baseball program. So I think that experience of, you know, starting Getting the soft reset button, I think would be a good way of phrasing it, um, that I'm really excited to see what he can bring to this program and kind of uh, bring Georgia State baseball back into the forefront and show people in the collegiate baseball community that Georgia State is an attractive place to play. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to keep watching him assemble his staff. And as we've teased in previous podcasts, we're going to have more of an eye on baseball in this coming year. So we'll definitely keep our eye out and keep everyone informed as we hear things with players coming to the program and coaches coming to the program. I also want to just touch on this. This is another 
seemingly really quality hire um, from Charlie Cobb and the athletics department. I mean, this is now two coaches of major programs that he's hired in the last, what, three months. Um, So it's going to be interesting to see how these pan out. But the optics of those, you know, the men's basketball hire with Rob Lanier and uh, Georgia State baseball with Brad Stromdahl, it's going to look, you know, from the outside looking in, looks to be a really solid, you know, group of hires. And obviously time will tell. um, But I mean, there's reason to be optimistic for Georgia State baseball. So I'm excited to see what happens next year. Yeah, I I mean, Charlie has now hired the three, the four major sports, both basketballs, baseball and football. All of them are Charlie Cobb hires. So the fact is his his name is attached to all of the programs now. It's up. If there's successes, he gets the credit for the successes. And by all accounts, the, t- the two hires you mentioned were good hires. And But game stuff to be played, and we'll have to see how those programs turn out. But this will be the defining time of Charlie Cobb's time as an athletic director. Between BM and whatever facilities are coming soon, between these new coaches and that all of the coaches are now attached to him, this is a pivotal time. And this is going to define his legacy at Georgia state. Absolutely. Like you said, only time will tell. So it's an exciting time because there's a lot of kind of uncertainty, but in a positive way that we're all expecting big things from these guys coming in here and making changes to these programs. And now it's kind of just playing the wait and see game um, during this kind of summer off season before things start ramping up in the fall. Well, that's going to do it for Georgia state baseball news. We're going to move on to kind of the rapid fire round of Georgia state smorgasbord around the athletics department news, starting with a potential conference change on the horizon. Maybe we're going to throw it to our endowment and conference alignment. Czar Jordan Crawford for more on this topic. Well, I don't know if I'd call myself a conference alignment czar, but I spend way too much time on the college football subreddit. So I guess that qualifies me in this day and age. Anyway, if you didn't get a chance to check out our piece that we published on how Georgia State compares to the American Athletic Conference last week, it is up on ThursdayNight.com right there on the homepage. But uh, just to sum it up real quick, the way Georgia State is positioned as an institution, not necessarily with athletics, but as an institution as a whole, Georgia State is massively overqualified for the Sun Belt in terms of enrollment, not not necessarily endowment because you have schools like South Alabama that have, I think, almost $500 million endowment for various programs. Uh, Georgia State sits near the top of the pack in terms of endowment in the Sun Belt, but by far, by over 10,000 students, we have the largest enrollment. Georgia State is the only institution in the Sun Belt Conference that sits in the Carnegie Commission on Higher Education's R1 tier, which basically means that Georgia State has been placed in the top 131 schools in the nation according to research activity. And then there's like the R2 tier below that. There's one more tier below that. And then there's like six or seven or eight. There's there's a whole bunch of tiers that they've stratified these schools into based off of how much money they spend on research, how many different programs they have, what type of involvement they have with different things. But Georgia State is the only school in that classification and most other Sunbelt schools are in the tier below, and there's even a few in the tier below that, and then I believe uh, Appalachian State, Coastal Carolina, and Troy are in the fourth tier. So, I don't know, it depends on how much value you place in that ranking, but it's something the institution has used for quite a while now to demonstrate, hey, we're in, we're in this tier, we're in this level of involvement, we have these many students, etc., cetera, etc., cetera. 
But if you look at the American Athletic Conference, there are six of its 12 current members in the R1 designation, and those are Temple, Tulane, Central Florida, Cincinnati, UConn for now until they leave, and the University of Houston. And it's also worth noting that Houston, Temple, and Cincinnati are urban institutions, much like Georgia State is, integrated into their respective cities and involved in research and other community functions in the similar way to how Georgia State has prided itself on being a part of the city, not apart from the city. And that is something I think that has always separated Georgia State from the rest of the conference. Uh, and it's it's something that's worth noting when you talk about conference realignment. But I don't want to spoil too much of the article for you if you haven't read it yet. But suffice it to say, we're a little bit overqualified academically and institutionally for the Sun Belt. But we're not also, or at the same time, we're not necessarily qualified right now as an institution for the American Athletic Conference. Even if just looking at the endowment chart, the quote-unquote wealthiest school in the American is Southern Methodist right now, and they have an endowment of $1.63 billion, and ours is approximately $166 million. So not exactly up there. I think the lowest endowment school right now is Central Florida at $183 million, so we're pretty close to them, but most schools in the American are over $500 million, and we are just, we're not quite there yet. I think as far as all that goes, there is some level of that, that if we were to be in that conference, there would be more interest drummed up and stuff that maybe is holding us back like facilities. I think if it was today, you know, we got an announcement, you're going to the AAC, some of the stuff would get kicked into hyper gear and we would get facilities built in time to come up to standards. But it doesn't necessarily work like that. The ASC has no incentive to, on the off chance we're ready soon, when they could just stay with 11 members for now, which is what I think they're going to do. I think that there's something to see there. I think we would have preferred that this didn't happen already. I think we would have liked to not have the invite come up now, but still a future consideration. I think if they're looking to expand in a few years, especially if we've finally broken ground on a baseball stadium and if we've made all of the restoration plans to the football stadium we're going to, and we've built a basketball arena. In addition to the fact that all three of the big sports that bring in money might be performing well, I think that is a real chance for Georgia State to get an invite to a conference like the AAC. I just think it's a little too early right now. Right. And it's also worth noting that at the end of the day, the people that make decisions on this are not athletic directors. It's the presidents of the universities. So before anyone goes out on Twitter calling out Charlie Cobb, it's not his choice. It's not his decision to make. That's up to Mark Becker and all the other presidents of the other institutions and the commissioners of conferences. It's this, There's only so much that the athletic department can do, and most of that is just making sure that they're in the best possible place they can be with what they're given. They, it's not like they can say, hey, I want to go to this conference, because at the end of the day, they're not the one making the decision. If Mark Becker wants his legacy to be the conference move, you know, it could be when the facilities are up, he's going to really start forcing the issue. And after getting to the AAC, retire and go out exalted on high. So I think that you're right, but it's possible that that is a consideration that means it does happen. I, I wouldn't write it off strictly because it's out of the athletic department's hands. Uh, but we'll, well see. I'm, I'm not uh, saying I'm not saying write it out. I'm write it off. I'm just I just want to make sure that people understand that it's not just somebody makes a phone call and it happens. It's, it's something that has to, there's a lot of wheels that have to be put into motion. There's a lot of things that have to happen. And there's sequences of events that need to take place. It's not just you wake up one day, I'm going to move there's to a no, different conference. It's, that's not how it works. There's no all blue, all in phone. 
But I think Mark Becker in his legacy at Georgia State has always, so far in the past 10 years, has been one of institutional transformation and growth. And that's what we've seen. He, he's overseen the consolidation of Georgia Perimeter into Georgia State and acquisition of the Turner Field property and all this other stuff. Like he has devoted his goals to increasing the profile of the university. And despite what some academic people may say, the conference you're in actually has a whole lot to do with public perception because people like sports. People want to be at a place where they can say, hey, my team did good, my team beat your team, etc. And people just don't get excited about playing Louisiana Monroe. That's just what it is. But if you start playing teams that have name recognition and it actually means something, if you tell someone, hey, we beat X and why teams and people like, oh, well, maybe your institution's actually respectable. Ultimately, this is still kind of just a all hypothetical wait and see type situation. But it's fun to think about. I mean, Georgia State, we feel can compete on, you know, the highest level. And we want to be able to be putting our student athletes in a position to be able to compete at the highest level. So it's definitely something we're going to keep an eye on and we're going to keep talking about. Um, so be sure to stay tuned to ThursdayNight.com and all social media accounts for any sort of developments or news as regards to this situation. Um, moving on to some Georgia State basketball news. Devin Mitchell was invited to the Worldwide Invitational Draft. Basically, this is a draft for like a tournament held in Las Vegas, I believe, um, that will be serving as kind of like an exhibition slash combine for international teams looking to scout for players um, in the U.S. As far as we know right now, as the recording of this episode, there's no summer league for Georgia State Panther players. Um, summer league play kicked off uh, Tuesday of this week. Uh, so uh, yesterday or today as of recording of this episode. Um, but there are a lot of teams uh, internationally that could be looking at um you know, players like Jeff Thomas, players like uh, Malik, players like Devin. So we are still uh, keeping our ear to the ground on that um, that beat as well. So be sure to, again, stay tuned to our Twitter, Facebook account, stuff like that to see more, um, you know, breaking news or developments to that situation as well. I think the bottom line is the players who left the program will have a chance to be paid to play basketball for the foreseeable future. Remains to see where. It might not be in the U.S. right away, but they will get a chance to do their basketball careers wherever they go. Yeah, absolutely. And ultimately, that's at the end of the day what these guys are trying to get to. I mean, there's only 350-ish people that play basketball in the NBA professionally. With the expansion of the G League in the upcoming years, that number could increase. But as it stands in professional basketball in the United States right now, there's such a slim chance. Uh, there's only so many spots of guys making it, but there are other options. You know, overseas basketball leagues are a viable option for players. You know, like we had Jordan Session uh, interview him, uh, interviewed him at the beginning of this year, who's performing really well on a team in Denmark right now. So, I mean, there are options for guys that are the traditional playing in the U.S. through the NBA draft, free agency, anything like that. But, I mean, we have Panther pros literally all over the world right now that are playing in international leagues that are being played to play basketball. So, I mean, ultimately, there are other options, and it's about exploring those um, for our graduated seniors from last year's class. Um, so the future is bright. For these guys, it's just a matter of finding the right fit for them. In other news, basketball and football have reported for summer workouts. So the blood is in the water. 
water. We can smell it. It's coming. Uh, fall sports season is upon us almost. We're so close, guys. Um, we do have a few um, preview pieces out right now and are, uh, have more on the way. Um, some positional reviews for football. Um, as basketball season grows closer, we're going to have some more content for that as well. Um, so be sure to be on the lookout for that at the website. Moving on to some specific football news, Brady's got some information regarding uh, some coaching changes. Yes, there's a little football housekeeping. Brad Line had been the defensive line coach through this spring. Uh, he is no longer with the program. No real stated reason why. Um, and he's been replaced by Travian Robertson, who had been a Falcon at one point. He played at South Carolina, so there was a familiarity with him and Coach Elliott this time in Columbia. He was a defensive assistant on staff his first year here, and last year he was the defensive line coach at Albany State University. So there's uh, a change. It seems like this is more of a personal thing with Coach Long and it's definitely dangerous to speculate with anything like that, but it's another coaching change, but I don't know that this is necessarily anything like, you know, the writings on the wall about Coach Elliott and staff. This seems like a totally removed from anything else that's been going on with coaching changes. Just this guy moved on and where he does remains to be seen what changes with the defensive line philosophy with a new coach still going to be position that needs to take a step up in 2019 for the football team to have success. And rounding out the uh, Panther smorgasbord, we had a fun family tie to a major sports event. Yes, Coco Goff, a 15-year-old daughter of a former Georgia State University men's basketball player, Corey Goff, uh, defeated Venus Williams at Wimbledon recently. Her parents went on Good Morning America and actually got a shout out for the Georgia State um, you know, community a little bit. So um, congratulations are in order. Hashtag Panther family and all that. Um, awesome to see um, the family members of former Georgia State players and student athletes coming out and, you know, making waves in the sports world. So congratulations to them and, you know, looking for great things for Coco Golf in the future. We'll be having a keep definitely keeping an eye on it from here on out. That is going to do it for our lightning round smorgasbord around the league type Georgia State news. Um, as the summer starts to ramp up and uh, or college, Concrete news starts coming out about football and basketball season starting. We're going to be ramping up our coverage. Um, but for more information on that, we're going to throw it back over to Jordan. In case you have not noticed, if you're not subscribed to our YouTube channel, go ahead and click the link on our website and go on over there and get subscribed because there's a lot more content coming your way in the next couple months. And also, the podcast episodes are in the process of being archived to YouTube as well, so you will always have a way to go back and listen. There's not video attached or anything, but the podcast is now on YouTube. As of the time of publication of this, it will be current. So minus the introductory episode, every other episode is on YouTube, able to be watched in watched slash listened to in playlist format. And as always, it's on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, our website, and SoundCloud with some more things coming your way whenever they're able to get approved. And we also have some other video content coming out in the near future. We uh, have been filming some things recently, but keep an eye on the YouTube channel and we'll be ramping up production of those things in the next couple weeks. But other than that, I think that pretty much covers it for today. Anything else, guys? Go Panthers. All right. Well, this has been your Thursday night podcast. Thank you very much for listening and we will see you next time. See you.